G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. SEN Fridays at the top end, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. Big, big show planned ahead. Rob, Raf, how are we? Good, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, very good, Clarky. Yeah, not too bad. Hey, Raf, it was your first ever, well, first ever coaching game. Is this your first time in the hot seat as a coach? Yeah, mate, I'd, I'd say the first time leading. Um, I filled in a couple of times down south there, yep. um, playing in the country footy with uh, Beaumaris Sharks and that. But, yeah, first time when I was, you know, named and started off How'd coaching. How'd you go? Yeah, it was good. It's it's a hard role. Um, you don't realise how hard it is being a player coach role. You think it's going to be easy. Um, I think I've, I've I've started off well. We got a win, was a positive. Um, but the good thing is having some senior players, like I mentioned in the last couple of shows. Um, you know that have played a lot of a lot of footy, so always makes it easy. But on the day, um, you know, any any new team, all the rust, new players get to know each other. Still, you know, getting each other's names and was a hard one, so I started on the bench to, you know, try and orchestrate that a bit easier. And um, because of the rain coming, yeah. <laughs> just being, you know, the old footy blood, and um, you know, can't help myself. Uh, I think I waited about two minutes before I was like, no, I've got to get out there and get 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 something happening. So, yeah. Um, so I apologise to the boys straight away after the game because I, I did say I was going to let them, well, you know, have a crack themselves for a bit. And uh, but yeah. Mate, if you like that round one, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when finals roll around because I looked at the results and it looked like it was pretty smooth sailing. So did you have to give a spray at all? Did you? How were the emotions? Yeah, I think it. it like I, uh, we trained in perfect conditions, I think, I guess, and um, that's probably the way we still try to play because as we ran out, it started pouring down rain. Good old Darwin, you never know what's going to come. Um, one o'clock, it doesn't really rain at one o'clock, so that was a surprise in itself. So. It bucketed down and the boys were playing dry with the footy because one of my biggest um, game plan, or not my game plan, but the style I, and the way we want to play is to make your teammate better and help your teammate as much as you can. Um, being Div 2 footy to enjoy it and enjoy you know making your teammate better or putting him in a better position. and Yeah, so we were, everyone was trying to look after each other instead of just get ground and make, make meterage in, in the wet weather footy and get it in deep into your forwards while they had the opportunities for one-on-one footy. So... Yeah, that had to be um, pointed out really quickly in the, at the quarter time break. So we went on with it and uh, got a win. So well done to the boys for responding. And yeah, tomorrow, oh, tonight actually, we, we have our second game. So Friday Night Lights, um, look out. Um, they've given us the main stage, mate. We must have put on a bit of a show, but <laughs> I don't think that's because of the case. But I think um, the boys are going to be a lot more enjoyable instead of a one o'clock uh, on a Saturday. Ralph, well done to your Division 2 boys. Pint recorded their first ever Premier League win, and that was against the Premier League St. Mary's. Definitely not smooth sailing for the Premier League St. Mary's. Now, I want you to keep a few bullets in the gun. I don't want you to fire them all off here, Raf, but you're not very happy with that club, are you? No, mate. I think, um, yeah, we're sort of getting away from the old St. Mary's, you know, the real um, the way we've built our success, and that's, you know, getting in and do the work and, you know, rewarding the players who have done the work, Um there's probably about four or five players running around out there that, um, you know, are underdone um, in my eyes, in my view, and uh, aren't, aren't ready for senior footy. So whether we just don't have the, the players ready to step in and fill those positions. Um, yeah, so it's very frustrating at the moment watching the senior boys run around. Um, I mentioned last week against Teary the big win they had the, the previous week, so we didn't know actually where they sat. Um, you know, losing to Waratahs, flogging Teary. 
um, yeah, we didn't get a real, you know, feel for where St Marys are at, and um, so I think that was the big, the big one on the weekend. We seen where they actually sit, and um, if they keep it up or if they don't improve things pretty quickly, um, I think me and Rob had a quick chat yesterday yeah. afternoon at training, and we. We both see him missing out on the finals. So, yeah, it's it's a big call early, but um, the way it's looking, I'm thinking that's the way it's going to happen. Yeah, I think it was the biggest upset of the round, really, wasn't it? So, like, Pymerston put in a really strong side, but um, and, and Waratahs had that out, those outs, but, geez, it was a disappointing showing that second half for St Mary's. Do have some great guests line up. Kieran Parnell from the Saints, Paddy Doyle, who had a great job on Jackson Calder, the Pints defender and Marcus Totem, who was probably the most improved player in the NTFL last year, or certainly right up there. There's been some huge recruiting news, Robbie. Mitch Robinson set to debut for the Darwin Buffaloes. Majak Dorr will play for the Tiwi Bombers. Let's start with Robinson. He is a huge addition to the Buffaloes midfield, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He does a lot of that grunt work as well, which like I think Buffaloes would love to have, you know. So I've seen that he's named in the centre, so let's see how he goes there. Well, if you got, not this week, but Brew eventually, Robinson and Jared Stokes, that is, whatever you want to say about the Buffs midfield and two-way running and that sort of stuff, that's a tough midfield. It's going to be good luck winning a clearance against that group. Yeah, it's going to be a very solid group and it's going to be, you know, up there with what Southern Districts are going to produce as well, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, could be a great game on Sunday. Majak Doraf, what are your thoughts on his inclusion? I think that... He's the type of player that's going to complement the Bombers side really well. Just that big, big body. He'll weigh about three of his teammates combined, I reckon. Big Magic when he runs out there. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's awesome for the Terry Bombers. Um, I got to call that game on the weekend with um, old senior Haley, Damien. Um, and the turnaround from the Bombers from the week before against St Mary's, um, they were in the game right to the very end, and I thought they were going to snatch that one from the Buffaloes. So... Great turnaround, and then to add another bloke like Majak Dor is only going to just strengthen the list. Um, and also, there's some reports there might be a couple of Rioli's joining them, so um, big news there as well. Oh, well, you've, you've gone a little early there, Raph, on the, the, maybe, Sorry, the maybe the biggest breaking news <laughs> that we have done so far on this show. We missed out on a couple, Rob, so yep. just, just quietly, I had this Mitch Robinson news, and I was like, I'm going to surprise everyone. Yep. We're going to go there, and we're going to open the show, and I'm going to tell the boys, I'm not even going to tell them in the pre-show stuff, Mitch Robinson to buffs and then just get some authentic reactions. But Rob, we do have some genuine news. Do you want to do the honours? Yeah, so massive news coming out of St. Mary's. Uh, Shannon Rioli is uh, heading to the Tiwi Bombers. So it's massive news considering where the club's at as a leader of the club, um, previous leader of the club as well. It would be interesting, Rafter, to get your opinion on the big move. And his brother, Ben, is playing two or three games as well for him. Yeah, it's... Um it was something that has always been spoken about. It was mentioned last year, Shannon um, was sort of um and ahhing. And I think, um, yeah, he's, he's been a bit underdone, Shannon. He, he sort of scraped through last year, um, you know. And But, yeah, for any time for one of your, your leaders, your past leaders, to um, put his hand up and, and to move on is always um, not great for the footy club. Um, but, yeah, I, it was a shock to myself hearing it at the club last night. I knew Ben... Um, mentioned it to me last week, but with Benny, he's playing in Perth and not really playing too much footy up here. So um, I think with Shannon, it's going to be a weekly thing. So, you know, whether it helps the TV Bombers, I think it definitely will. Um, but yeah, hopefully Shannon puts in the work and gets himself fit so he doesn't let himself down, all the TV Bombers boys down, and he gives his best best effort. Well, Ralph, I got the impression that Ben Rioli's recruitment was kind of based on availability. Obviously, he's connected to South Fremantle and the Waffle, and I didn't 
I don't know the ins and outs, but I thought it might have been a little bit tricky for St Mary's to commit to him as a fly-in player. Perhaps a little bit easier for a club like Tiwi Bombers, who are down the bottom of the ladder and don't really need those players to commit to finals, as bad as it might say. Uh, so to get Ben across and to lure his brother, what does Shannon Rioli offer to the Tiwi Bombers? I believe that you are correct in saying that about him getting the best out of himself, he needs to be at a level close to his best fitness. Uh, obviously, his last couple of years hasn't been as dominant as his first sort of couple of years, but one of those players that doesn't need a lot of football to create an impact on a game. If you look at the stat sheet in Shannon Rioli, he's had between 10 and 15 disposals. He's probably had a pretty big impact on the game. What does he bring to the Bombers? I think the experience, mate, like, you know, we've all known he's been past um, captain of the, the NT Thunder for a couple of years as well, not just St. Mary's, um, you know, six premierships. Um, he's, he's voice and um, the way he goes about it on the field is, you know, second to none. So, you know, to be a leader, you, you have to be able to direct your players and, you know, run a game without even getting a kick. So, you know, he might have 10 touches, but he might push to or mention a couple of things to boys and get him in the right spot to, you know, have three or four other blokes get you know, a crumb or a possession or make a tackle. So I think his presence alone, um, you have to put a good player on him. You don't put, you know, you don't put anyone, you know, first game or, you know, a young fellow on Shannon Rioli because he'll, he'll let him up for breakfast. So, um, but like I said, uh, hopefully Shannon's um, you know, fit and ready to go. Um, you don't want him to go to the Bombers and just sit in a forward pocket and not offer too much. So hopefully he's um, up and about and he brings, you know, brings something really, really um, good to the TV Bombers. I think that that story can't be understated. Shannon Rioli is a highly decorated local footballer. One of the bigger player transfers, I suppose, since the big ones with Cameron Island, yep. Philip Wills and those guys. So very, very interesting. I'm happy for the Rioli boys too. I know that deep down they would have loved to play a couple of games for Tiwi and it would have been all about timing. As much as people understand the move back to Tiwi, there would be a lot of people saying like, hey, you've got to be a one-club player and look what Saints have. Not so much what Saints have given you, but what legacy you've created at Saints. Uh, you know, ex-skipper, six-time premiership player. So definitely a tricky move for the Rioli boys. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's one that's, um, you know, it's it's a lot closer to their heart as well. I think they're back over there on the weekend, last weekend for their older brother's wedding, um, Bradley. Um, so whether they, you know, sat down and had a bit of a chat about it then and were around all the Tiwi boys at the same time, um, might have been a bit of a, a discussion there. So that probably led to the the, the decision, I, I believe. So, but yeah, um, good luck to Ben and Shannon um, and the Tiwi Bombers. SCN Fridays in the top end, 16.11am, thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. SCN Fridays at the top end, 16.11am, thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Robbie, a little bit of disappointing news during the week, and it certainly isn't the end of the road, but Jed Anderson not offered a contract by North Melbourne for 2023. Is this a surprising move? I know that the Roos are in rebuild mode. They've got a whole lot of young midfielders. They're likely to draft two more. Uh, blokes who will run through the midfield in the draft this year. I think they're linked to George Wardlaw and Harry Sheasel, who are both smaller players. Sheasel probably more of a forward, but he'll run through the midfield as well. Uh, is there room for Jed at the Roos? Obviously not. They've made that decision. Is there room for Jed in the AFL still? Will he get another opportunity somewhere? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Eh? I think well, I've heard that he has uh, been talking to the Suns, yeah. so I'm not too sure on that information. He definitely was a very good player for the Roos for that time period, but... Was he 27, 28, is he, around mm. that age? Yeah, so, born so early 94, so he'll be 29 at the start yeah, of next year. Yeah, 29 start of the year. They are going to draft heavy in midfielders, I think, as well, so they're going to need those spots open. And you can understand their decision, disappointing for him, but hopefully he finds a home somewhere. 
Well, he did make a visit to Queensland last week for a day. And, Robbie, I don't think he went there to go to Dreamworld. I think he went there to meet with a few people at the Suns. So, yeah, hopefully he gets a home there. I think that he's a really tough footballer, definitely one of the toughest players in the NTFL. Sorry, in the NTFL. He certainly would be there, but in the yeah. AFL as well. Just a manic bull. Go back to Mitch Robinson, secondly. That's Jed Anderson's partner in crime. There were slight rumours that Jed was going to pull on a bus jumper this weekend, but I don't think that is going to happen. I think that he would get his advice from his management crew and they would say, look, let's just see this out and let's see if there's any more opportunities at the Suns or something like that. Robinson is another one who I think is holding off for a potential contract in the AFL. I reckon a bloke of his age, he's pretty settled. He's already had a strong career at AFL level. It would want to be a pretty good deal, either like a one-year deal on decent money or a two-year deal somewhere where he can play a bit more football at AFL level. He is getting his 30 and 40 possessions at VFL level. I can't help but think that he is going to be an absolute game-breaker in the NTFL, Raph. Yeah, mate, it's it's an interesting one. We see guys in, in that capability, in that level, but, you know, coming back and learning the NTFL and the way it's played, a lot more open spaces. And, um, yeah, you've got, you've got to be on the same page as your teammates as well, I guess. And, and that's a, not just a, you know, walk in and being able to do things. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. But I think if you if he plays here, he has to be on the ball like your Stephen Motlop type and go get the ball yourself. But, yeah. The yep. good thing about Mitch, he's he's been up here every year and, and done a bit of pre-season training yeah, up here. And he's trained with a few of the clubs. Um, I think the Saints boys had a bit of a feeling he was going to come to them um, somehow or somewhat. Yeah, what, but, um, what have you heard about that? So Mitch Robinson, from a bus perspective, was always going to be in the double blue. He trains essentially every year. I know there was that one year randomly where he popped up at Saints training. Everyone at bus was like, hey, what's going on yeah. here? And then there was a few whispers late last week and the week before like hey Robertson's coming he's not far away but it's going to be at Saints and then yeah. I heard Nycliffe randomly so <laughs> obviously glad that he's at the double blues but what was going on there? Yeah well I think the funny thing is his missus played for the Saints women last week so um, I think his uh, missus has always played for the Saints um, and had a connection there so um, and then I, he did do a couple of sessions last year so I think with Benny Long and they even had Jed Anderson. So at one stage, all the Saints boys got excited. Um, but yeah, I think um, from my, my point of view, I thought he's always going to go to the Buffaloes because he's always spent time with those guys and hangs out with those boys and does all his fishing and hunting when he's up here with those guys. So, you know, good on him and good good luck to Buffs. I suppose he's close with the Anderson family and St Mary's now have a number of Andersons at the club. I think David even deflected there yep. the other had year. Last year. And we have... A lot of the girls there, Janome and Jacinta and a couple of other Anderson family there. Matt Jack Dorr, 54 AFL games for North Melbourne. Spent a bit of time on Melbourne's list as well. Played the 2022 season with North Heidelberg in Victoria. Rob, do you have him as a ruckman for the Bombers or as a forward? Oh, I think he starts in the ruck most likely and then goes forward. These are the sort of recruits that Tiwi, if we talk about Tiwi recruits, uh, these are the guys that you really sort of want to bring into the Bombers. They do lack that height and size, don't they? So it's a good get for them. Do you know what games he is playing? I believe it is the game against Pints, is it, on the islands and then yeah. against Waratah the following week? Yep, so he's got the Pints and Waratah games. Obviously, Waratah's will be a tough one, but that really puts the Pints game, you know, into a 50-50 contest, doesn't it, if they have those strong recruits? For a break, but Robbie, I am amazingly excited. This is probably the most excited I have ever been on this program. Your top 10. The NT News have created their list of top 100. Robbie, we will talk about that after the break, but we are going to digest our top 10 players. It might even be a rolling top 10 list 
of the NTFL competition. This is SEN Fridays at the top end, 16, 11am, thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. SEN Fridays at the top end, 16, 11am, thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Rob, very exciting times with your top 10 coming up. Very exciting times for the Banks Football Club with David Zaharakis announced as their big signing, alongside Tim Bongetti, a former Tiwi Bombers Premiership player. As a Bombers man, does that excite you? Oh, I think it's a good get for Pine, uh, for Banks, isn't it? Um, and it might just give a bit of uh, a bit of clarification that there might be a Premier League push next year, maybe for him. That'd be interesting to find out for us. Yeah, I'm not too sure how many games he's going to play. I think it's one or two. I heard just quietly. I heard that he's not the only big name coming to Banks. I've heard just a little quiet watch this space out of the yeah. Bulldogs camp. So we'll see how that goes. We will talk about the match of the round: Wanderers versus St Marys. That's a pretty big game for both clubs, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is, hey, Raph? Like, um, both sides, you know, have, you know, the Saints have that one win, which was against Tiwi, and Wanderers haven't won a game yet, so... Sort of doesn't count for nothing, really, too, when your only win's against Tiwi. And also, something people have to factor in is that now that with Pints in the comp, you're going to need to win eight to nine games to play finals minimum, I think, so it's interesting. Yeah, it's going to be um, a big, big one for Saints, so, like we mentioned earlier... Um, yeah, if they don't win this one, mate, it's going to be a long long road ahead unless they've got some recruits coming pretty soon. Um, I'm definitely not coming back, so <laughs> just throwing that one out there. Yeah. We've got the news coming up, but just a really, really quick one. Boyd Woodcock, one of the stars of the VFL, supposedly on his way to Southern Districts. That would be a huge signing for the Crocs. But, Robbie, your top ten will be coming up. I absolutely can't wait for that. And we're not just going to... We're not going to give you a free pass. We're going to absolutely grill you. But we have the news. This is SEN Fridays in the Top End. SEN Fridays at the Top End, 16, 11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Robbie, you have controversially come up with your very, very early top 10. We were having a talk last night in the pre-show prep about potentially making this like a rolling top 10, which would be fitting given that you have like a rolling premiership favourite every week and <laughs> and basically, you know, your opinions change at the drop of a hat. So I, I like this rolling concept, but the NT News have ambitiously, I might say, created a top 100 Northern Territory footballers. Look, I don't want to be disrespectful and say, oh, it was a bad list or anything like that. Everybody has opinions. If you're going to come up with 100 different names and try and make a list from 100, I just think that's way too tough a task. I have created a list on my Facebook page, I believe, every year since I was literally about 14, 15 years old. And I have never dared to go past 25 names because the more... It's going to sound silly, but the irony is the more players you name, the more players that you're missing out. Because the more players you name, then suddenly guys are like, hang on, I may not be a top 10 player in the comp, so it's all good I missed that list, but you can't tell me that I'm not in the 100 footballers in the NTFL. So I reckon guarantee there would be more players disappointed about not making that that list from the NT News, given that they named 100, than, than what they would be from most other lists that go the 10 and 20. Rob. Yeah, definitely. And then, like, uh, my top six are pretty solid, and then seven to 10, I think, can really be, you know, moved around a bit. Yeah, so I... Look, I'm fascinated. I'm not going to spoiler alert your list. We're going to go through one by one. Can you please start with... It's a top 10, by the way. Can you please start with number 10? So number 10 will be Sean Wilson from Nycliffe. Shawnee Willow's probably been their best player so far, along with Philo and all that. But I've given Wilson the nod because I think positionally, whenever he's around the foot, he looks the most dangerous out of the three. So Shawnee, Shawnee Willow's number 10. Cameron Islet, perhaps a tad unlucky. He is averaging the most tackles in the league and it's probably the first top 10 NTFL list that he's ever missed out on. Yeah, Cameron Islet's also around the mark as well. So um, I'm not... Yeah, not totally sure. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's a week-by-week week thing, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Islet, a star, and Brody Philo, another one. Probably unlucky if you're talking about Nyclis best performers this year. Number nine. Number nine's Eddie Morris from uh, Waratah Football Club. So come across, obviously, from Banks, Clarkey. Mm. Um, and I've got him at 90. He's played a couple of really good games for the uh, Warriors and was probably one of their better players on the weekend in a loss. Very strategic move, Robbie, getting blokes like that from Banks. I believe they are zero-pointers because they play that year at uh, Division One level, now Premier League Reserves level. He is a, how would you describe Ed Morris? A pretty classy half forward. He sort of doesn't, it's going to sound disrespectful, he doesn't look like that much of a footballer sometimes when you see him, but then you check the stat sheet after and he certainly lets you know what impact he made. Yeah, definitely. He just finds the football and his work, his efforts are just constant as well. Like constantly putting his head in the hole and trying to drag the team over the line. He was good against Crocs, so he, he's our number nine. Number eight is a player I do not know much about. So Elliot Chalmers, so he's, I think he's a bit, it's a bit of a different look of, uh, he, I think he's played a bit of a NFL football, mm. so he has, he's from Pint Footy Club, so he's the number nine, so uh, he's got some tattoos on him, a few stickers, uh, if you like to call them, and uh, he was really good get on the weekend being accountable for Dill Lant and Nate Preeties at times, and real physical midfielder. He seems like the type of player that epitomises the Pint team in the sense that they're made up of really hard-working, disciplined, tough footballers. He's like that perfect recruit for him, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And I think he's gone under the radar a bit with, you know, how tough he is and what he's provided for the Pints. Number seven was a hit-up forward that was excellent in his first game against St Mary's. Can you tell us about him? Yeah, Darcy Hope. I thought he was best on ground in the first game. Didn't, you know, got fourth or fifth, and then he was best on against Buffs, and... Probably was their best on quarter time, and then he got an injury last week. So didn't really find much of it. I think he got seven or eight touches last week. But in those games where they won, and when that game was there to be won the first quarter before he got it, that knock, he was very good. So I think he's Waratah's best player so far this year at number seven, Darcy Hope. Rob, Southern Districts have a plethora of highly credentialed recruits this year through the midfield. Kai Pudney, Cam Ellis-Yolman, Kane Stevens are going to be very good players. But this player at number six? Number six is Matt Shannon. So he's had some Carlton VFL experience. We're not too sure. Was he the captain? Was he not the captain? I believe he was the captain. But, you know, we don't want to be giving him some accolade like that and find out he was just a mere leadership group member. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah, had exactly. some leadership role at the Blues. Uh, yeah, but you got it. Yeah, factor in on the weekend. There was a draw at quarter time. Uh, Southern Districts kicked five goals to nine in the second quarter. Matt Shannon kicked three of them. So is he a goal-kicking midfielder? I know he hit the scoreboard on the weekend, but does he look like that type that will push forward? Yeah, it looks like that power half-forward type. Um, I think he was half-forward when he kicked... Oh, he was on the ball when he kicked the first one, streaming through the middle. So that's the sort of player he is. And it'll be interesting to see how he goes against like some of the quicker teams as well. Do districts have the best midfield in the competition? I reckon right now they do. So... I'm really on them now. I think they're right up there with Waratahs, and I'm not too sure if I'd say they're he's, Premiership favourites. He's new Premiership yeah. favourites. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. next week. I might have put an investment on the on the cross <laughs> last night. Yeah. Mate, we, uh, we have plenty of players to go through. I reckon we will smash out a couple more on this list. Number five is a personal favourite of mine. Yeah, so I've gone with Bradley Stokes, averaging really high numbers at the moment. I think high 20, 27 a game. 27 yeah. a game. And I mean, we had this discussion. I reckon he's the best ball user in the league right now. Yeah, he'd have to be. He's a player that's really reaped the benefits of having a great preseason. And it's, it's such a great story because anti-football is littered with players that you look at and say, if he got himself super fit, imagine how good he would be. Or if he had a great preseason, could you imagine the impact that he would have? And we are seeing this with Bradley Stokes this year. Definitely, as you said, a top 10 player in the comp. We've got him at number five. 
Uh, he looks like he's not going to slow down anytime soon. His leadership has also been a massive step forward. I know you were commentating a game, Rob, earlier in the year, and just his voice and his ability to spread and direct players across the ground, that was something that stood out to you. Yeah, and he's, uh, they, they turned the footy over inside 50, and he was the first one covering the exits, and that's the sign of a you know, pretty good leader right there. So that, was, uh, that surprised me. Rob, number four, I haven't heard a lot about this guy. Can you please introduce him? Yeah, he's a new player to the league, uh, Eddie Betts, uh, yes. in at number four. Yeah. Goes okay. Young Fair kid resume. out of Palmerston. Um, so if Eddie Betts is now leading the uh, goal kicking. I had him best on ground in round one. You rewatched the game and said oh, he was definitely close best on to ground. it. Yeah. He kicked three. They said he just kicked yeah, three. Apologies to Baxter Manju yeah, had about 55 he's, he's, touches. Yeah, but <laughs> also, yeah, but he also set up four or five, like just centering it to the corridor. So he could be way ahead in the goal kicking if that wasn't the case. His buy into Palmerston, and Raf, feel free to chime in here, has been absolutely remarkable. We see a lot of ex-AFL players come up, and it's not... I hate when ex-AFL players get a bad reputation on social media and that sort of stuff, when they say, oh, why do we need this guy who's played 200 AFL games? Give a young kid a go. People need to toughen up in the territory a little bit. Like, I, I, I'm a fringe player. I play football up in Darwin myself. If you're good enough, generally you get a game. If you're not good enough, you might be on the outer for a little bit and then you work hard and you get in. I have no problem. We're getting sidetracked a bit here, but I have no problem with AFL players coming up and playing. And a bloke like Eddie Betts has been arguably the best of any of, any of them with his buy-in, the charity work that he's doing. Uh, he's great with the kids out at Palmerston. Yep. And for a bloke like that, he doesn't have to... Imagine how comfortable his life could potentially be in Melbourne. He doesn't have to make that trip to play in a 35-degree heat every week, but he's still inside. Definitely. And um, just, just one of the best examples is training. You know, just turning up to every training session, and that's one thing that um, a lot of kids up here, and once they get ahead of themselves, I think they they start rating themselves. They they think they can miss a Tuesday night, and I'll be right. I'll turn up Thursday and do the work. But you know, you got Eddie Betts, 300 plus games. You know, one of the best goal kickers of all time mm. in AFL levels. But he still doesn't miss a training session. He's no. still probably the first one on the track helping the young kid before training. You know, um, and if you're a kid on the fringe. You know, you see that at your football club and one of the best can do that and turn up and do that. Um, you know, that's... And like you said, the best buy-in, like everything he's done for the Palmerston Football Club, he's turned that place upside, you know, on its head and mm. they're back within a finals chance this year and probably going for a premiership if they keep it up. And, you know, the the, the, the clubs... Oh, the, the, the What do you say? The Div 1, mm. the Div 2 teams below them, even the, the younger crews, um, kids are... Up and about, and Palmerston are really, you know, a powerhouse again, um, you know, with their footy and, and, and the clubhouse itself, just by his buying. So, you know, mm. take my hat off to Eddie for all of that. Interesting you said that because I think Palmerston are probably in the best spot they've been in half a decade, maybe even longer. So we will talk about the Magpies later. Well, you guys will because I have to run pretty soon. I have to teach a bunch of year threes, but I'm that intrigued about your list, Robbie, that we're just going to smash this out. So, number yep. three. Number three is Matt Dennis, Southern Districts. Massive get for him. Was very dominant in the ruck on the weekend. And, you know, he, him in a strong side. And the other Palmerston strong. We did see him at a weaker Palmerston. But him at the Crocs has been outstanding feeding that midfield. I was talking to you when we were doing the pre-show stuff. The gap between the competition's best ruckman and some of the others is just amazing. And there's this argument that we've spoken about on this show, Raph, about, and Rob, Brody Grundy and players like that, whether they're worth these big contracts and whether they're that influential at AFL level. They are influential at NTFL level when you've got a bunch of sub 180 centimetre players running around and they're always going to be that, that tall target. You know what they say, the, the big blokes don't get any smaller as the match wears on. And Matt Dennis has started the year in an absolutely fantastic fashion. Ben Archard last year, of course, dominated the ruck. So plenty of 
are, I think, recruiting potential for a team if they get a big Ruckman in to make a really big impact. Yeah, no, definitely. He's been uh, athletically, he was outstanding. And he, he gets his 20 touches as well every week. He's a fourth so. yeah. midfielder. He's, yep. The engine on the bloke is, speaks alone for itself. You know, yeah. he's not just a tap Ruckman and then sets up behind the play. He, he actually follows up, mm. you know, spreads better than any midfielder just about with his running ability and can get it on the outside as well as get first hand to use in the, in the contest, so... The top two, this is going to be very interesting. Top two, you've got one guy very familiar with NT football and another guy who is quite new to NT football. Number two. Number two is Baxter Mensch. So, Palmerston midfielder. Ball magnet. Um, ball magnet. So, he hasn't played state league like a lot of other the recruits, but mm. he's played in the strong Geelong league. Averaged so. about 30 touches a game and I think had like a 46 possession game or something. And the Geelong football league is serious, yeah. serious football. GFL, would know. GFL yeah. is just outside of your VFL, so... Mm. So There's not a huge, huge difference. He snuck under the radar a bit, I think, mm. but now everyone knows who he is. How many Nichols votes do you reckon he'd be on, or should be on? Oh, and my uh, little poll I'm doing, he's on about six or seven mm. out of three <laughs> games. So, Well, statistically, it's just too hard to ignore. 43 and three in round one, that's got to be a three-vote game. And I know it's contradictory because we just said Eddie Betts was best on ground, but yeah. 43 and three is a pretty complete performance, and he was good in the following two weeks. Look, oh, I'm going to have a... Virtual drum roll here. This is the suspense building up to number one is really interesting. Before we go into number one, Rob, I just want to make it very clear to anyone listening that there was a bit of a selection criteria, wasn't there? We had to play, players had to have played at least the two games, which yeah. we're three rounds into the season, round four this weekend. It's going to be a rolling list and we're going to adjust that minimum number. So the player you have at number one, and I don't think we're going to have too many arguments, has only played the two games. Who yeah. is he? So, Stephen Motlop from the Wanderers Footy Club. So, Stephen's averaging, uh, was it 27? 27 touches, four goals. 27 touches, four goals. And he's got a good matchup this week against St. Mary's. And if they don't put work into him, expect another big game from Motties. Oh, for sure. So, a lot of, uh, sort of going back on the Eddie Betts comment, a lot of AFL players come up and basically just go through the motions a little bit. Motlop comes out here like he's got a point to prove. He wants that flag at Wanderers. He wants to play really good football up here, doesn't he, Raph? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the best thing about when local boys come back who, who left without winning a premiership, um, you know, and, and to see his brothers win premierships, he's always up here to watch those Wanderers St. Mary's grand finals. And, you know, he, he would have changed in the heartbeat to jump over the fence and be on the field for those, as I, get, I, I reckon. So this is his chance to, you know, go and get it himself um, and take a team with him. Raph, very, very quickly, but when you were at St Kilda, did you watch any St Mary's premierships and did you get that feeling like, oh, gee, I'm missing out on something here. I'd love to be a part of this one day. Yes, yes, I did. Um, I watched all of them. Um, but at the same time, I was quite lucky um, that I'd got one before yeah. I got drafted. So um, it Your wasn't... Your brother didn't, did he? No, nah, Xavier didn't. So that was a big thing for him. So like when you mentioned Stephen back wanting to win the premiership for his you know, junior football club, you know, he's, where he's learnt his footy, um, so that was Xavier as well when he came back and that was um, the same time I got, you know, the flick from Saints and um, we all know how that happened. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, so that that was a big drive for us to for, to win one together and, um, you know, yeah, you could see Xavier's passion and when he got up here, he wasn't just here to play a game of footy, the buy-in um, and that's what Stephen and these guys and, you know, mentioned Betts, um, you know, Maggie's not his home club but the buy-in they bring and the leadership they bring is uh, second to none. Robbie, well done on your top 10. It takes a very courageous person to come up with a list like that. It's going to be something that we revisit throughout the year. And yeah. I, we do need to go to a break. We are getting pressed for that. But, Raph, 
before I sign up, before I say goodbye, you need to make me a promise. You need to hold Rob accountable. I did not see Dylan Lance's name. I did not see Nate Paredes' name. I did not see Jackson Calder. There's a young fella from Palmerston who won a Nichols medal last year and has started the season averaging eight tackles a game named Cam Guthrie, who Rob has missed out on. So this yeah. is SCN Fridays at the top end, and Rob has some explaining to do. Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listening. Welcome back to SCN Fridays top end. In the top end, 16.11 a.m., rain and horn down, finding a place to write your next chapter. Rob, just a quick update or review, mate, of that top 10. Um, yeah. It's very interesting to be able to pull a top 10, even with NTFL naming, you know, all the territories, top 100 players, three games into a season. Um, yep. But like we mentioned, yours is going to be a rolling one. There's a few players that we mentioned just before that missed out. Dylan Lant, uh, Nate Paredes, both having 30-plus games for the three first three games. But I, I guess, you know, Saints only having the one win um, yeah. and both getting bloody 40-plus touches against Tiwi was uh, probably a given um, with, the, with the, play, the way they both play. So, yeah, maybe Jackson Cold as well. But then again, he hasn't hit the scoreboard as we'd like to see. Um, that probably counts with Saints not winning games, mate. But um, that's yeah. probably three that stand out for me. Yep, you've also got uh, Smith, Yusuf and Doyle and Trotter at Pint, so they've all played pretty well. Yep. Bowden and Staunton as well, honourable mentions at the Crocs. Yeah, definitely. We mentioned Philo and Islet. Magro has been pretty good as well at Tars. Um, I'd have him in, in that conversation. Uh, that Darley ran amok last week when you were uh, commentating that game. Yeah, definitely, mate. But he's only played the one game, one so ga- I couldn't bring him in. Uh, and Kim Cantilla has been good. Holt Fitz um, as well for Buffs. Uh, Clahisi's been good, um, as well as uh, Mitch Taylor and O'Connell for Wanderers. Um, was there anyone else, mate, that you thought was really stiff to miss out? Eric Guthrie's the big one. Um, that's a watch, though. Because Palmerston, if Palmerston won all three games by 10 goals, you'd have three blokes from the one club. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But going two wins and a draw, um, that just puts him out of it just a tad. Yeah, um, mate. And, and, and well done to you. Like it's a bit brave to <laughs> go and name a top ten. I, I definitely um, wouldn't like the the job of that. So um, we're happy to bag you and <laughs> tell you who you missed out and uh, be one of those experts. Um, coming up after the break, Rob, we're going to yeah. touch on the NTFL results from last week. Yep. So we, yeah, we got three uh, three upsets last week, and it could have been four if uh, Tiwi got over the line. Got big Paddy Doyle, a big enforcer down back for Pints, and we're going to re- preview the match of the round: Wanderers and Saints, two highly successful sides fighting to stay alive in that finals race. Stay tuned. You're listening to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16.11am. Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am, welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays at the top end, 16-11, rain and horn down. We will love your listing. Robbie, we've got a special guest up at the moment. Uh, big Paddy Doyle from yeah. the Pines Football Club joins us. Hey, Paddy Doyle, you're there, mate. G'day, boys. How you going? Yeah, good, Paddy. Um, obviously a great win for you guys on the weekend. Are you going for the uh, going on that job on Jackson Calder early? Uh, how did you find the game? Yeah, I thought it was a... Um a good game, mate. We we really wanted to play four quarters this week. I thought um, first week against Northcliffe, we had a few stints there where we looked okay. Um, <clears throat> we probably had a few scoring shots in a row, but really never never got on top of them. And then against Palmerston, I thought our first half was um, really good. We ran out of tickets there. So I think the message yeah. was for this week to really give it four quarters and, 
and see what we could do. And we were happy with that, so it was a good win. A lot of people don't know your story, uh, Doyley. You played at Nycliffe in the Magoos. Me and you played a few games together, um, both in the Fat Club back then. How much were you weighing in back then, Doyley? <laughs> That's a hard question straight up, Rob. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely a bit of a strange route. Um, I was pretty pretty big when I came up to the territory. I was probably shipping the, the scales at 130s. Um, yep. And then, yeah, lost, lost the heat weight and... Um, just, yeah, enjoying my footy, so. Yep. What's Shannon Motlop brought to the club as well? How's it been having Shannon Motlop, an AFL Premiership player, lead your group? Uh, Dooley, can you hear us there, mate? Yeah, he's been awesome, oh, mate. We might have um, lost Paddy Doyle there. You know, like, um, clients have been such a tight-knit, like, community. Yeah, he's still there, yep. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, Shannon's been awesome. So, um, yeah, still there, boys. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yep, just saying, yeah, Shannon's been awesome. So, um, you know, it's, it's pretty like tight, tight knit community there at Pines, but um, he's come in and fit in really well, and like he's just a ripper bloke, and um, everyone's really enjoying what he's. Yeah, definitely, mate. It's awesome to see, and I, I think I owe the Pines boys an apology. I think early on in the show, a few weeks back, when we first sat down and spoke about what Pines were, how many games they were going to win, um, I definitely said they were going to be one of the most consistent sides because of what they bring and the and the group they have. Um, and mate, it's already paying off for years. And so, um, yeah, I think what were you, you know, you you. I don't know your plans going into the weekend with Jackson Calder, um, me being a back follow backman. I think that's the way games are won, and you should set up your backline first. So, how was your um, build up to the game on the weekend, mate? Oh, yeah. sorry, Doyle. We can't. Yeah, it's a bit of a delay there at the moment. We'll have to say goodbye yeah, to Doyle. You know, there, guys. He's a um, great player, and it was a massive challenge for me. Probably one of the better players I've ever played on. Um, and, and I thought, like, we just, we, I had a lot of help on the weekend. You know, Ben Smythe and um, a few of the other key backs really made it a lot easier for me. We just, we really wanted to try and smother him. I thought. Um, uh, No worries. Thanks, Doily, for that, mate. We'll uh, get in touch soon. And uh, well done playing on Jack and Calder. A big task for you and really uh, helped your side get the well win. Well to the points. You listen to Top End, SEN Football. Uh, one... 16.11 a.m. 16.11 a.m. Rain and Horn Darwin. Finding a place to write your next chapter. 16.11 SEN Fridays in the Top End. And now for our Rain and Horn update. A couple of properties open for inspection on Saturday, Rob. Um, yeah, our nice first ones. property here, mate, is 718 Harry Chan Avenue in Darwin City. A three-bedroom, one-bedroom house. A superb area, entry point, an ideal investment property. This well-presented three-bedroom apartment located in the heart of city, of the Darwin City, sorry, promised an easy care lifestyle within a short distance to all local amenities. The abundance of natural light flows seamlessly throughout the wide-open spaces and off the open plan living and dining areas emerges effortlessly into the balcony with ocean views over treetops 
on the market for 460. Open this Saturday from 10.15 to 10.45. Sounds like a very nice one there, mate. Yeah, nice little city one. Get in early before the dry season, I say. Uh, Property 2, 9 Mason Court Bakewell. Two-bedroom, one-bathroom house. In a nice, quiet court location. Is low-maintenance home, ready for its new owners. A fully secured yard with lush green gardens creates a uh, perfect place for the kids and pets to play also, Raph. Outside, you'll be surprised with a good-sized garden shed and a uh, fully-coated, massive... Seven, uh, 72 square metre shed to secure all your precious toys, cars, boats, trailers uh, and all, all, your, all your little toys for your uh, man cave. Why buy a unit or apartment when you can buy an entire house for the same price? Call now to arrange an inspection and for further details. On the market starting at 380 grand. Come and have a look this Saturday from 10.30 to 11am, Property 2. That sounds nice, Rob, especially yep. for those uh, boys with their boats and toys. Um, the big shed there, <laughs> mate, which is perfect for the Darwin lifestyle. And, um, yeah, that, that seems like uh, one to be worth checking out. Yeah, get down We're there. going to so dive right. in now to the, uh, preview the NTFL results from the weekend, mate. Yeah, and, and, Rob, you can lead this one. Yeah, yeah, NTFL result, results. We had the Buffaloes, inaccurate Buffaloes, 64 to uh, Tiwi, oh, 722-64 to Tiwi, 9660. The prime train was back. The social media sensation superstar with the winning goal. Get on his uh, vlog there. I think it's uh, the, uh, prime train. Harley Bennell and Sam Daly both played also for the Tiwi Bombers. Rafi, you commentated that game. What were your observations? Yeah, mate, like I said, it was uh, awesome for the competition alone, not just the Tiwi Bombers, but to respond the way they did after seeing the, the game against them the week before to St. Mary's, almost a 200 points were put up against them. Um, yeah. Massive, massive turnaround for the Bombers and you know that that game alone, it was it was one when I walked in and, and sat down with your old man to commentate. It was like, what's going to happen today? But you know the likes of Benell and Darley, um, yeah. you know the way they stood up and also down back, um, they had uh, an, another new player. I forget his name, Wit. I think um, might have been Mason DeWitt. Yeah, Mason yeah. DeWitt. He was super, and that was the, the spinal that um, that that we talked about. Tiwi missing and those big tours and bigger bodies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and inaccurate. Buffalo's probably kept them in the game, um, made it a lot closer. But that's the thing, the best thing about the Terry Bombers. Um, and if you keep them in a game of footy for, you know, more than they should be and you and you keep their hopes alive, that takes them two or three minutes to kick three or four goals and turn a game on its head. And I yeah. actually thought they were going to win that game. So well done to the Terry Bombers from a big turnaround to Toysie um, to be able to bring that um, and make the competition look a lot even and more, a lot more um, exciting yeah, going ahead. Um, well, Stanley Tipalura was unlucky for not getting a rising star kick. Yeah, three definitely. Goals. Kevin Maroney and Bradley Stokes had strong games, and Tanner Coltart on the wings actually going all right as well. Um, moving on. And also, yeah. that 11 non-Tiwis play, but I don't think that's an issue. No, think, that's it. It's actually better for the boys, I reckon. Yeah, they're um, going to need that to be competitive. And um, you mentioning Maroney there, mate. He's probably one, oh, shooting back to your top 10, he's one that's probably unlucky to... Not being that top ten as well, mate. He's Mr. Consistent, and um, he's been that Mr. Consistent for the Darwin Buffaloes for the last four or five years. And he had another awesome game on the weekend. Yeah, definitely one for us to think about. Uh, Pints St. Mary's. You didn't? Did you see this one coming, Raf? This result. Pints winning eighty-three to fifty-two. Yeah, well, as, like I said uh, earlier in the show, with the Saints beating um, Tiwi the day the way they did, and, and losing to Waratahs, you sort of didn't know where um, Saints sat. So. Whether they got comfortable again, um, you know, after beating Tiwi and got ahead of themselves um, and went in, you know, I don't know, thinking that was just going to happen. Yeah. Um, but they just seemed to be outplayed all day, mate, and um, just their matchups. 
Um, down back, they struggled. Um, you know, the big pines forward seemed to do what they liked. And the way, um, like we just mentioned, we spoke to O'Doyle, the way he, he played on Calder and the help he received from the fellow backmen um, shut down any, you know, avenue to goal and they had to find another way through. So, yeah, But, yeah, great great result by the, um, the pines and the green ants, their first win. Um, it was awesome to see. The, the crowd was up and about and mm. the celebrations definitely went on through the night. Yeah, there's probably four or five clubs that are spending, you know, a couple of clubs are spending 50 grand, but the four or five clubs are spending 100 grand plus. St. Mary's would be that club that spends 15 to 20 grand. Do you think that's an issue now at the Saners? Yeah, mate, when you look at the other clubs and what they've been, um, you know, bringing to the club in terms of recruits, um, you know, VFL, XAFL players. They're not coming um, from the lolly, lolly bags, yeah, are Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> I think Saints have to sort of um, start moving away from that. A lot of people probably are a bit surprised that, you know, there's not much money at St. Mary's at all. And, and you know, probably blokes like Calder and that wouldn't have got a cent since they've been here. And, um, yep. yeah, people find it hard to believe and you're still winning premierships. Um, but I think that way of the footy and, and the way the footy's going, I think we have to start... Keeping yeah. up with the rest of the clubs, mate, just by looking at these last three three rounds. Yeah, just getting the house and getting three or four blokes up for the year doesn't That's it. hurt. Uh, Southern Districts defeating uh, Waratahs 98-61. to I commentated this game, Raph, and I changed my tip once I seen the team sheets. <laughs> so, like, I knew that I Waratahs... I don't know if you to do that, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew that... Well, yeah, you're not meant to, actually, <laughs> eh? But I knew that Waratahs went in weak, but, geez, uh, Southern Districts, I don't know if they've overtaken Waratahs as the premiership favourites, but, um, yeah, they were very good and impressive. Yeah, definitely good to see, because, um, yeah, we thought Waratahs were out in front and then definitely out in the block you said they're missing a few but mm. you know there's no excuse and you've got to build a very strong squad if yep. you're going to be a premiership favorite and if you're missing four or five you'd be able to be able to replace them and still be very competitive and almost pretty much win with your replacements um so you bet your best player or your worst players you know the way you you win or lose a game i believe um yep. so but yeah it's one of the hardest grounds to go and play at i think at the crocs there um yeah, you know in for any team to get out there and beat them. Um, I thought Waratahs were going to be capable of that, but we mentioned districts and their midfield before. Um, yeah. they're, they're looking up and about, and it's one of those questions we asked about, you know, who's um, keeping these teams accountable with the point system and flying rules, and that's one um, we need to discuss too, I think, Rob. Yeah, we'll just we'll get we'll just get onto that later as well. But obviously, Cam Ellis Yolman, geez, he's a big boy. Watching him yeah. run around, he was very good. Kay Putney slapped another radar. Westwood, uh, Westville, West Torrance footballer. He had his twenty-five as usual. And Jaden uh, Magro and Ed Morris were good for Waratahs as well. Darcy Hope good early. The other game is Palmerston and Nightcliff though. So let's just quickly touch on that. Um, Palmerston uh, got that win, winning at home at the Nest. Great win for their footy club. And it's going to put... I've got them finishing fifth now. So I've got them in the finals race. Make or break for Palmerston. They've got to make the top five this year. Definitely, mate. And the, and the recruits they're getting and bringing up, you know, three past AFL players, not just mm. any AFL players too. You know, like the Travis Farco, a yep. premiership player, um, and also um, Eddie Betts as well yeah, as... Um, I've got a slight criticism, Raph, on that game. When Nycliffe hit the front, Eddie Betts put himself on the ball. And yep. Sean Wilson, obviously, you know, a good mate of mine, yep. but he was sitting at full forward. He looked like their most dangerous player, did not move onto the ball. He so that was, that was a discussion <laughs> last night or Wednesday night. I said, mate, what was going on there? And he goes, oh, I don't know. I should have went on the ball. Yep. And I was like, mate, you're vice captain, mate. And yeah. I was trying to counsel him at home. So yeah. that, was, uh, that was very interesting. But Nycliffe, did they lose any favours with you? No, I think they're they're still thereabouts. But um, like we said, the the, yeah. the the players that like, especially Neville Jetta, Ashton Hams, you know those types. Um, you know, Magpies are building a really strong side, and if they don't, yeah, like I say, play top five footy um, yep. or finals, it's uh, going to be disappointing. Very, so yeah, we very, have to uh, throw yeah. to a break quickly. Robert Sessian, Friday's the top end, sixteen eleven. Rain and Horn finding a place to write your next chapter. 
Welcome back to SEN Fridays at the Top End, 16.11am. Rain and Horn down, we will love your listing. Rob? Yeah, we've got Marcus Totem on the line here, a Wanderers player. Th- come third in the Nichols last year. How you going, Marcus? Yeah, how you going, mate? Yeah, good. Good to have you on board here this morning. Big match this week, obviously. We've previewed it as the match of the round. You and St. Mary's off to a shaky start this year. How are you looking forward to this matchup and what's been said in the rooms? Um, yeah, look, both sides get off to a slow start. So um, we know Saints are going to come out strong and we'll do the same. So I reckon it'll be a fire match, to be honest. Yeah, and were you surprised at all last year coming third in the Nichols medal, mate? Oh, yeah, it's a bit of a surprise, to be honest. Um, were you there? I remember I was on my way to go. Pardon? Were you there, sorry? Oh, no, it was um, live-streamed. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was live-streamed. I, I remember I went down, my auntie said, good luck, and I sort of had a laugh, to be honest. Didn't think I would do much, but, you know, never bad to get a bit of recognition, and, yeah, it was not too bad. Yeah, is this is this match for you guys a game that you need to win for, to get back into that finals race, do you feel? Um, I think it will be good to get a few wins on the board early, but... Um, Look, you never know with open competition like this, anything can happen. Um, but we know we need to get a win as today. Yeah, uh, Marcus, uh, Raphael here, mate. Um, do you think, um, you know, not having as many recruits um, as other teams, we've seen and um, heard all the names. Um, you guys got Stephen, who's, you know, playing some awesome footy. Um, do you think that's a, an area maybe where St Mary's and yourselves, Wanderers, have sort of missed out on this year and that's probably contributing to the slow start? Uh, maybe, yeah. I think that another part of our slow start is actually getting a few blokes like Stephen and Nathan Arben in the side, along with um, Dane and Martin all playing at the same time. It's just about, you know, getting that balance and finding that roles for everyone. And once we get that on board, I think we'll start to get a few wins on the board. Yeah, I guess um, the way I see it, like St Mary's and Wanderers have been the type of clubs that just seem to draw really good players and, you know, all of a sudden you've got players turn up in your pre-season mm, have, have come from good country clubs or a VFL club and, you know, you haven't had to go on out and chase players but it seems that it's sort of got away from both of us this year, mate. Um, how do you think about that one? Yeah, it definitely um, feels like there's a lot more recruits going around this season and, you know, people like Districts getting a few of them VFL boys and, um, you know, Tars getting a strong recruiting this year have obviously improved a fair bit. Yeah, mate. Um, also, where where are you lining up this week, mate? Um, I will be going through the middle and forward line. That's, no, no worries, mate. Also, uh, have you guys got any recruits coming? Recruits coming? Uh, I'm not sure of yet. We've got um, Nathan Arben in so far and um, Ed Simpson's back for the year along with Stephen. So we'll see how we go through the year and... Um, see what happens. No worries. Thanks, Marcus, for coming on board uh, today with Top NSEN. Hopefully we'll speak to you uh, later on uh, during the season, uh, get you on and uh, get your insight into some of these games. Beautiful. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks for joining us this yeah, morning, thanks, Marcus. Mar- Thank you. That was just Marcus Totem there. So finished third in the uh, Nichols medal last year. A bit of a surprise. Um, so, you know, he, he he's a very good young player for him coming through the ranks. So... Rob, your take on this game this weekend, St. Mary's and Wanderers, uh, yeah. how do you see it panning out, mate? 
Oh, I've I've got I've got it going either way. I think um, if if Wanderers don't have a plan for Jackson Calder, they need one. So I'd I'd want Brody Newman to go to him. So yeah. let's see if that happens. I want Brody Newman to go to him. Um, I'm not too sure. I wouldn't mind having if they go if if they go with that same back line we spoke about. St Mary's play a quick forward line. Let's yeah. see how that goes. Yeah, definitely. And they have been playing uh, young Joseph Salmon out of out of full forward at times. Mm-hmm. And I at, I've found that a bit strange. At, you know, but trying to find that other avenue to goal yeah. sort of has helped them. But at at the same time, um, if it's not coming in and coming or hitting the ground, then Joseph Salmon's sort of out of the race then to kick a goal. So yeah, I think. Um, I th- yeah, and I think we mentioned earlier on too with Wanderers that the other week they play a lot of tall defenders, like you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, and we mentioned maybe Newman going forward to give him a, a key target, like a, a big mark in forward, which they seem to be missing. Yep. Um, so whether they you know can use him up forward, or but I reckon he's their best backman, so it's someone else probably has to go forward for him. Yeah, well, Pints also moved back. I think Pints Oval's a bit more... Narrow, oh, not narrow, but smaller in length, yeah, perhaps. So, like, the Pints backman did get back into that hole. So, if they do go with like someone else on Calder, the Newman and Mitch Taylor really need to push back into that space, I feel. Yeah, definitely. And if, if Saints ball moving out of the middle and it is that one on one to Calder, there's not many blows who can beat Calder one on one when you get it in early and give him time to, to work his player or, or get to where he wants it, especially with those long arms of his mate. Um, I'd, I'd hate to play him one on one with a quick footy coming coming in so yeah Wanderers backs have to either you know sag and help or slow down that midfield footy coming in and both sides don't really have a grunt midfielder do they so it's Oregon it's going to be a very free-flowing game as well Um, yes with St Mary's are they in a hole are they in a premiership uh, hangover do you feel yeah mate I believe they are um the, the, I don't know if it's a, the outside you know whether Anthony Vallejo's got too many blokes trying to you know tell him what to do or mm. or where he should be playing blokes and they're having their opinion. Um, you know, Chopper obviously can coach. He's been to three grand finals now and a premiership coach. Um, yeah, and like I said, there's probably three or four guys um, who aren't probably ready for senior footy or shouldn't be in there. Um, but whether that's lack of recruits or guys ready to take their places. Um, yep. But, you know, it's always good to see some young boys get in the game and, you know, bleeding them early to sort of give them a taste but um, you know if, if they haven't improved yeah. after two games um, you know they have to go back and, and get some confidence and go play in the, in the reserves or back to under 18s if they're still young enough um, get some footy in their hands get them back their confidence um, and then bring them back through. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a bit of a three-man band at the moment with Paredes, Lant and Calder. Yep. So if you shut down the first two, then Calder's not going to get the footy easy. Yeah, exactly, and, think, and that's the easiest way to beat Saints at the moment. Unfortunately, there's a bit of a blueprint there for it. And you also got Edwards, Rioli, Robinson, Labber. They're all probably not... Well, they're all gone. So, like, Robinson's not coming back. Labber's retired out of that grand final. So, I've got 11 blokes there, and our Matt's in the resis at the moment. So I just don't know where this improvement's going to come from. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, the, I think the buy-in, um, you want your buy-in from the very first week of preseason, and then getting down there early on in the first couple of weeks of preseason, just the numbers that were turning up and, and the... the you know, the senior players, you expected more and to be leading that race. Um, when I, you know, was still playing, mm-hmm. you had your blokes like McFarlane, your Vallejos, um, Johnny Ensett, never missed a training. Yeah. And when you were running late, you even felt bad. So I think that sort of culture of the club and, and um, you know, that, that senior group is definitely missing yeah. um, from what I've seen. Um but I, like I said, we train at a different ground, so I don't get to see what's happening at the moment. So yeah, and also like Chopper has previously done matchups with their best midfielder, so I'd be interested to see where Kieran Parnell would be the bloke that I'd put. 
maybe, or someone else. Um, maybe he has to go one of those quick forwards that they do have up there. But I think Shan- Stephen Motlop could really run a mark. Yeah, definitely. On Saturday. If, if, if the I work's think, not put into him. Yeah, I think the only one I could imagine running with him and mm. being close to slowing him down would be Parnell. Yeah. Would be my matchup. But then at the same time, um, if Bonder is going shut down your Lance and your, you know, Paredes, um, your next match winner or ball winner is, is Kieran Parnell, but he's, he's defensive efforts, are, uh, you know, up there with the best. So he's got to play on Stephen Mollop in my eyes. So, yeah, yeah, I think, and going with that quick forward line as well. But yeah, I'm, who are you tipping, Raf? This is the big burning question. Um, I'm actually going to, yeah, I'm going to tip the Wanderers. Yep. Unfortunately, mate, I'm, I'm with you as well. I'm tipping Wanderers in this one. Um, you're listening to the Top End SEN, uh, 16.11am, Rain and Horn Darwin. We love your listening. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16.11am, Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Got, Robbie. Yeah, we've got Kieran Parnell with us, uh, the Wiz. How are you, mate? Yeah, good day, boys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Love the, uh, love the program you boys are doing, so keep for a chat. Yeah, thanks, Thank mate. You. I think we'll start with the positives first, uh, Kieran. Last season... You've come back from two knee reconstructions as well, mate. How good was it to win the premiership last year? Yeah, unbelievable, mate. Um, just to yeah get back playing NTFL at my home club, St Mary's was um yeah massive. Obviously, I missed about four seasons there, over over fifty, sixty games of of footy. So um, to get back and to win it with a couple of my good mates from down south that, that moved up was yeah, pretty special. Yeah, what was harder was uh, with your recovery? Was it the mental side or the physical side getting yourself back? Oh, probably the mental. Like physicals, physical is fine because you spend most of your time in the gym and, and training and, and that sort of thing. But it's more mental, like just taking taking contact with training and then um, obviously the physicality of a, of a footy game. Um, you know, seeing your footy blokes come hard at you. So yeah, probably more the mental mental side of it, for sure. Yeah, definitely um, unbelievable effort by yourself, um, Kieran. And you've been one of my favourite younger Saints to watch come through the ranks. Well, I think, you know, 16, 17, you were touted as, you know, almost a draft prospect and one of the best coming out yeah. of the system. So, um, mate, to see you bounce back. And, you know, when I seen you up for your 50 games, I think either it was round one or last week, you know, even that in itself was like, geez, it's, he's only at 50 games. and um, But, mate, it's an unbelievable effort and... Um, yeah, I, I just want to mention that to to you. So, yeah. So, what, Kip? What's your plan this week? Where, where are you starting, and what's your role going to be? Um, so I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to be starting half back somewhere. So, I'm, as we know, Wanderers they got some pretty handy half forward midfielders that, that rotate through there. So, um, who I go to at this stage is yeah, still up to Chopper, but yeah. um, I'll definitely be playing defensive role this week and trying to nullify one. One of the Wanderers' better players because we know they're they're pretty handy. Yeah, and have you found it hard as well with uh, the recruitment aspect of it? Everyone's sort of talking about all the recruits at Palmerston Districts and uh, Waratahs are getting, and St Mary's and Wanderers and and Buffalo's just come to the party late. But are you seeing there's a bit of a gap now with what you guys can recruit? Um, I think no, I think we still. I can't speak for the other clubs, but we definitely still have some recruits to come, um, yeah. just like any other year. But me personally, I, I think it's good for the comp. I, I don't mind versing, um, you know, good Southerners that come up and you know makes makes me a better player, makes makes the competition better. And I think yeah, we want to be playing the best footy we can, and those players are out there, and so be it. 
Do you, do you think Kieran, uh, with these recruits that we've seen early, and it's only round four, um, the comp this year is already stronger than last year, or gone to another level? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if round one's anything to go by, just look at Waratah's side. They, um, you know, probably showed us that what the stand is like, really. If, you know, for this competition, um, you know, beat us by a hundred points in the end, um, and then points on the weekend that they got the job done on us. Um, yeah, they just seem like a well-structured side, mature side, um, and they obviously have some recruits as well. So, yeah, the competition, in my opinion, is definitely getting better. Um, and, yeah, I think that's probably a factor, just the Southerners coming up. Yeah. And going on that, Kieran, do you think um, Saints, like I've been asked a question by people because I'm obviously a St Mary's past player and um, still have a bit to do with the club uh, with the Div 2 boys, but um, do you think the boys are a bit in a premiership, you know, um, Hangover, or just didn't do the work early on in the in the preseason, or what? What do you think's um, the one missing, or what? What's a you know contributing to the um, two oh, two losses? Um, oh, mate, it could be a number of factors, but at the end of the day, like I said, what Waratahs showed us what the standard is, and um, you know that's what we took away from that loss is what we need to work on and where we need to get to, but, but, and then we've definitely We've been training that the last two weeks. Um, you know, you definitely see a different footy side coming out um, this weekend. But um, yeah, I mean, the missing in, in, for the question of the missing piece. Um, yeah, who knows, mate? You know, I think yeah, yeah. we definitely back yeah. ourselves in. We're, we still think we're we got the list to do it. Um, yeah, I think we're, we're still yeah, we're not. No, awesome yeah, definitely, here, mate, definitely not yeah. over for us. Just my last question was, what was the training energy like this week? Did you just go back to basics and have a real physical training session? Yeah, I think, I think, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty spot on, mate. You know, we definitely a bit more physical. Um, just got the the buzz and the vibe around the group. You know, um, it's obviously flattening. Yeah, no worries. Losing thanks, round thanks, one Kieran, and uh, Thanks again. for coming on today's um, show, mate. Thanks, mate. That was uh, Kieran Parnell there, guys, from St. Mary's Football Club, vice-captain, um, just talking about St. Mary's. The match of the round, which is going to... Well, we both tip Wanderers, so that's going to be interesting how that plays out. Um, and both sides have ways they can win the game. We'll go to Tars versus Palmerston this week, Raph. That's going to be at uh, Gardens Oval. Warriors look like they've got a few more in, but this is a very winnable one for the Maggies we have, with how strong they started the season. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, you know, and Waratahs will bounce back, definitely, um, with the list they've got and being able to put together. Mm. Um Another home game too, um, which is interesting. So I think I've mentioned that to you off air. Um, yep. You know, I don't want to whinge or complain, but um, if you were a reigning Premier side and you hadn't had a home game until round four, which is St Mary's getting this weekend, uh, I think if there's any other club, if, if Waratahs have won the Premiership last year and they were getting yeah. their first home game um, at the Gardens Oval this in, in the fourth round, I think there'd be some complaining and whinging going on. So, you know, it's, it's I don't know whether it's, you know, something against St Mary's or the NTFL or what, but it makes it harder not having your own ground, I guess. But Marara is our home our home ground. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I think it could have been quite easy to get them a home ground, home game up up in the first two rounds, in my belief. Yeah, well, you, you did see the three upsets of the round all happen at home grounds as well. Like St Mary's had that talk where they were going to get a home ground and it didn't eventuate. That was sort of like that mid-2010s yep. sort of era when I was playing, and it didn't happen, and I thought, geez, like, it would have been great to have a home ground as well, you know. Um, so I'm tipping Tars in this one, but Palmy, I don't think it's... I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, Palmy, um, 
Yeah, if they, especially if they have that team from last week. If they're, mm. they're playing all that same that same crew and they're really building and gelling well. Yep. Um, you know, Chicken Harvey's back out there too. Um, give him a shout out. He's, he's yeah. listening in every week along with a couple of other guys that listen every week, um, Jalen Clark and the likes of um, and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, Rolls Royce. Yeah, so, you know, thanks guys for tuning in. And uh, Chicken back there at the, at the Maggie's, they're going along all right. Yeah, and he's probably... You know, got a, a bit bit of a easier role than you know when those first couple of years he came up and copping those hundred point yeah, hidings every got, week. I just so. got a text from Shannon Riley as well. So shout out to yeah, Shannon. Shout out he to all the boys the, tuning yeah, in. So Nightlift Tiwi, I've got Nightlift in this one. I'm not too sure with what recruits Tiwi we're going to have because we haven't. There's no side up line. Which yeah, is, right. You know, for us, it's you know we need to see the teams. But yeah. Nightlift, I think Nightlift at home strong there. Don't have to touch. We've touched on St Mary's Wanderers um, as well. Match a very good match is going to be Districts Buffaloes. I'm commentating this one. Me and Ash Manakaris, the A team. So we've got that one. <laughs> Buffaloes with Mitch Robinson coming in. Uh, what's your predictions on that game? Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting one. Um, Buffaloes, like we said, they their inaccuracy last week probably, you know, they could have had that game won by half time. But to Tiwi's credit, yeah. the pressure, you know, that's the result and the pressure up the ground. And, you know, Blokes not getting the best shots and goal and rushing maybe. Yep. Um, so that's credit to Tiwi, not just Buffaloes inaccuracy is on them. It's uh, Tiwi's pressure as well. So. Um, but Buffaloes, yeah, the, the side they did have out there, and then you know, adding Mitch Robinson to your any any team is going to strengthen you and give you that extra confidence, especially if he plays on the ball, um, that hard inside body. Um, we know how he attacks a footy; he's 100 mile an hour, doesn't care what's in his way. And if he brings that to the Buffaloes, um, it's going to be a very very good game um, and give Districts a real test. But I'll be leaning towards the Crocs after their performance against um, the Tars last week, mate. So, yep. so and I think my new favourite for the, the comp at the moment, we've, and we both maybe agree, I think you might be still leaning towards Waratahs, but at the moment I'm leaning towards the Crocs. Yeah, well, I, I went online last night and seen that they were at juicy odd Southern Districts. So I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Had to put a green back on the uh, crocodiles here, Shannon Ruskers, boys. I'm going to make it my bet. My tip of the round is the Districts to beat Buffaloes out there with Buffaloes good in. It is a Buffalo home game as well. So all you Buffalo fans that live out in Palmerston and, oh, you know, even in Darwin, everyone get out there, give money back, and that money's going back to the Buffalo Footy Club, one of those clubs that doesn't have a home ground either. So let's just, you know, support yeah, that. Yeah, that's awesome that. to see, yeah, and, and, and it'd be good to, for the Buffaloes. Army to get out there and take over that ground and um, yeah. see the double blue all over the place. It'd be yep. awesome for the Buffalo so Footy it, Club. So the, we've done our tips. Points have the buy. Uh, so the ladder is uh, Palmy on top with 10 points with that draw. Haven't lost a game yet. Waratahs districts at eight and Buffaloes with eight. Pints with six points. Nycliffe and St. Mary's with the wins and Wanderers and Tiwi on zero. Uh, Movement-wise on the ladder, what, what are you predicting? I've, I've moved Palmerston in my top five now. Um, I think Waratahs and districts are the best two sides. Um, and I think Nycliffe probably just the third gap between the others, and then all the others are just in that sort of four to seven range, aren't they? Yeah, and that's probably the best thing about this the first three rounds, and it's been a very even contest. Mm. You know, there's obviously the Palmerston haven't lost, but, um, you know, they're not flogging teams, and teams are all around about the same mark. So it's a very interesting first four rounds in, and, yeah, um, it, and it, it's a good for the competition and to see it this way, and especially the way that, like I've mentioned before, the way the Bombers played last week. 
if they can be a lot more consistent and show up and bring that effort every week yep. um, and not have those blowouts like they did in round two, yeah. um, it's only going to make those Terry boys even hungrier to be, be turning up and giving their best efforts and, and a couple of recruits they're getting, like we mentioned, Dorr yep. and those type of guys. Um, it's not far off to seeing Terry get their first win in, in a couple of years and that'll be awesome yeah. for them. It was a change of tune though, Raph, when they played 11 under 20 in the first week and then they brought in all these other blokes. Yeah, but, definitely. So that's going to halt that, their kids' development. But I've done a bit of maths as well. Um, so you, you're probably going to need to go 11-5. Remember, there's only 16 games this year. You're probably going to get win, need to win 11, lose 5 to make top 3. Uh, and 9 and 7, if you're going to make 4 or 5, I reckon. You might sneak into the eight with in, into the top 5, 8 and 8. Yep. But it seems unlikely. Um so, looking at the you know stats from the last few years, all the flag winners except Wanderers in 2015-16 to come from the top three. So you want to finish in that top three. Yeah, definitely. And uh, do you think it's still possible for that any chance of that happening aside outside of your top three oh, oh, ever oh. again? Like if St Mary's and Wanderers, you know, they mm. by the way they're going at the, the start of this season. Yep. If they get going, you know, in the next two to three weeks and have a really big, yeah, strong oh, yeah. after Christmas. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't want to be captain obvious, so I'm going to make some calls, right? So yep. I'm tipping Tiwi aren't going to make finals, yep. so that's a, that's a tip there. <coughs> Southern Districts and Waratahs are my only two that I'll say will play guaranteed finals, in, guaranteed. Yep. Um, and I've also got, uh, who's the other one there? Um, Nike, uh, Nike, Nike, Nike the Palmy. third. Palmy going to get enough wins to hold that spot. Yep. Um, St. Mary's Wanderers, though. Let's touch on that. If St. Mary's lose this, I think their top three chances are done. Yep. Because that puts... That means they've got to go 11-2. They've got to go 10-2 for the remainder of the year to make top three. I think that's pretty hard. And Wanderers, I think their top three is their top three will be done as well. If yeah, they definitely. Lose, I feel. Especially if um, they haven't played those other top sides like Buffaloes and... I mean, uh, Districts and... Um, yeah, they haven't played Districts, Waratahs. Palmerston. Palmerston yeah, they, and, and it's a big couple of months for Palmerston. They do play Wanderers next week as well. So a Friday night game, and apparently Eddie and all those guys are up here. You're listening to Top End SEN. Uh, SEN Top End 1611, Rain and Horn Down. We will love your listing. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End 1611 AM. Rain and Horn Down. We will love your listing. Robbie. Yeah, we've got some big news with the Ross Lyon going back to St Kilda. Obviously, it's very stiff on uh, Brett Ratton, but this is what Ross Lyon had to say about the Brett Ratton departure. Look, it's brutal. I've been on the end of it. But sometimes clubs make decisions they think's best and you don't always agree with them yourself, but you, you need to respect them. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Ross Lyon there, Raph. Um, yeah, interesting. And um, also, you know, having Rossi Lyon back in that race, um, yeah, he he's probably ideal for the job, I believe. Um, yep. And his heart has sort of always been open to what you, which he's mentioned and um, we've got Rossi Lyon and speaking about that here. We're very close and um, giving both parties time to do the you know, ERP, their, their due diligence and um, hopefully get across the line in a not too distant future. Things are pointing that way. Like I'm keen, like my heart's been opened up to St Kilda through, through um, Andrew and Simon and, and their board. Yeah, Raph, that's uh, Ross Lyon there talking about that. And he's also mentioned also how he wants to change the culture of St Kilda. Here's a clip on that. I don't like the narrative around St Kilda sort of... Yeah, maybe, maybe it's deserved, or but but I think you know sometimes it's a bit disrespectful. So um, hopefully you know we can get to a point where I'm able to roll up the sleeves and get in and help change that. Hopefully. Geez, Raph, I'm uh, in a lucky spot here because I get to ask you questions about Ross Lyon here. <laughs> you you were with him in that successful. It was a successful period for St Kilda. I don't like when people say it wasn't. What's your thoughts on Ross Lyon as a person and as a coach as well? 
I think the best thing about Rossi Lyon is is there no grey area. Um, He will lay out the way he wants the team to play and where you need to be and your role. And, you know, once that's laid out in front of you and if you can't produce or be up to it, he'll tell you pretty quickly what you need to change and how to get to that spot. And that's probably the best thing um, for anybody, you know, especially a club that's sort of been, you know, the last few years of, They've sort of kept talking about their list and they're going places, but they haven't played too much finals footy in the last four or five years, to be honest. And that's what Rossi Lyon brings. He yeah. gives you the clear direction and where you need to be and what you need to bring to the table. And, and that's what the club needs, I, I believe. Yeah. Do you think his game plan will stack up? He is a bit more of a defensive coach. We've seen that free reign sort of play, you know, rule in the AFL recently. What's yeah, it's a lot, it is a lot free-flowing and all that, but I think the defensive um, game plans are still really, really strong. Um, you look mm-hmm. the way Melbourne and Geelong set up behind the play, um, and it's still that sag, defend type role, help a teammate, um, which we had in the 09-08 season, 0-10 seasons, and you know had the, the lowest scoring average against us for the whole, I think that's still a record, and the 09 season, the lowest score against any, any team um, average. Um, so I think that defensive game plan is still existing. Um, you see the way teams do set up behind the footy. Um, yep. So I believe he's going to be very good for St Kilda and going forward. Yeah, and obviously a bit stiff on uh, Brett Ratton as well, isn't it? Like, speaking of Brett Ratton at St Mary's training a few years ago, two years ago, he come over and actually had a yarn to me. And I didn't, when he looked at me, I didn't want to make eye contact yeah. and he come <laughs> over and he forced you to talk. So, so yeah, very stiff, but... That's the coaching business, isn't it, Raf? Yeah, that's it, mate. And um, here's uh, what Merrick, a former Saints coaching consultant, had to say about the sacking of uh, Brett Ratton. Yep. It's one of the worst I've seen. And um, I was part of the review process the day before he was sacked. And I considered the decision was already made. And I was just, you know, ticking a, a box to check on my belief of his performance. The difference is in soccer, when you're sacked from the English Premier League, you walk away with $20 million and yep. six months of salary. So when, in fact, I'd yeah. love to get sacked from an English Premier League club. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's just yeah, talking that's, about the sacking there. Yeah, that's so. very interesting um, hearing that and, you know, to hear that the decision was already sort of made before they actually sat down and had the chat is uh, very interesting as well. And, yeah, you, you, I, feel, I feel very, you know, a lot for Brett Ratton there and you know to to bloody be offered a couple of extensions a couple of years extension and then a month later to be tapped on the shoulder and say mate you're done um, and also there hearing that from um, Merrick uh, English Premier League I, I might be in the wrong game mate let's go and coach <laughs> oh, some yeah. English Premier League and get the sack and walk away with 20 million dollars but yeah, yeah um, wonder if Brett Ratton um, do you think he'd be open to coaching somewhere else, mate? Do you yeah, think he, he's... I reckon he'll get an assistant role somewhere else, a senior assistant or something like that, won't he? Um, it's something that he you know, probably deserves, really, after this. Touching on the women's footy, Raph, have you got around and watched much of the women's football this year? Yeah, I've seen the Saints girls uh, run around, um, obviously, before or after our games. Um, the Saints women seem to be in the same sort of boat as the senior men, um, but they've got a lot of young recruits, but... There's some talent out there, definitely, Rob. Um, I think yeah, and Tatiana Perry in yep. the first game, she kicked four or five goals. Um, she looks like a, a, a future star of the comp. Yeah. Um, you know, and probably even AFLW um, 
in the in the background there would be a goal yeah, of hearing, hers. I'm hearing that she might not. I'm hearing that she might be doing modelling instead. Yep. So um, I think we'll we'll talk more about the women football and the content. Um, we've also got Abby McKay coming on next week, Carlton, yep. uh, Carlton AFL player. Um, her father played at the 95 flag, Andrew. So that'll be also interesting. Going through the uh, ladder for the women's, uh, I reckon the top five's almost sold. Yeah. You've got Pints on top with 12, Waratah 12, Buffalo's 8-2-1 with their one loss against Waratahs, Nycliffe uh, 1-1 and Southern Districts. Um, so Tiwi Bombers and Southern Districts for that last spot, but I reckon the top four sides are pretty yeah, solid there. Yeah, the Pints are going to be hard to beat, I reckon. Uh, Ricky Nolan, he's man who does his homework and puts the work in early. So, yep. um, you know... Ricky Nolan again has got the girls, um, the Green Ant girls, um, sitting up there nicely yeah. and looking like they're going to be hard to beat. Well, mate. I'm going to back the. Uh, I'm going Waratahs there with the Heidi Thompson coached Tars. Yep, yep they're looking um, good. What's your plans this week, Raf, with your games? Yeah, mate. Like I mentioned at the start of the show, we get a Friday night game, believe it or not. Um, so uh, I've sort of had a joke with the boys before training. I told them it was uh, sold out, and the, all their eyes almost popped out of their heads. And um, <laughs> you know, we had a live stream, and um, it was a as a, you know, I finally had a joke for everyone to laugh at. So, um, yeah, no, I've got that. Uh, I was pretty exciting at training. Um, I had a, a past player, one of our good mates, Nick Ingalls, been up training yep. for the last couple of weeks, back-to-back training medalists. I don't think there's too many blokes in the NTFL history who've got two training medalists, let alone back-to-back. So he mm. was looking to play this weekend. Yep. Also, my brother Xavier popped down to training. He's in town, and everyone got excited, thinking he was going to chuck on the boots. So that's my weekend ahead is trying to convince him to... Maybe throw the boots on next weekend and have a run around with his brothers. Yep. Robbie, um, yourself? Yeah, no, I've got the under-18 game tomorrow, uh, St. Mary's Wanderers, so I'm looking forward to that. And I've got the Southern District's Buffaloes game. Awesome. So that's going to be really busy. good out of Palmerston. Buffaloes people, get down, support your club, put money on the bar, pay your entry, um, get involved. And De- also, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and I've got, yeah... Um, thanks, thanks everyone. Thanks all the listeners for tuning in today. You're listening to SEN Fridays in the top end, 16, 11 a.m. Rain and Horn finding a place to write your next chapter. Have a good weekend, guys. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.